Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Yes. Thank you, Revival Life family. How are you guys all feeling tonight? Feeling good this morning? Feeling good whenever you're watching this? I'm getting all kinds of times that uh, people watch the video. How are you guys feeling? We good? Are we good in the house of God? Are we good in the house of God? Praise God. I am super, super excited about this message series. Uh, I know God is doing something significant in our midst. So we're, we're in our series. Let's all say it together. Do justice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, uh, I hope you enjoyed the, the first message. Uh, before we get into the message, uh, we want to pray for all of our students and our teachers going back to school. Amen? So if uh, you're at home watching this, get, get your kids around. I know they might be watching a video game, or maybe you just wander over to them, put your hands on them. Uh, any of our teachers that are going to be, uh, that, come on, y'all be safe, please. Please, we need y'all to be healthy. Please be safe. Uh, but for everybody going back to school, there's already challenges in being in school, right? Like just being a student is hard enough. Uh, in this season, how much more, right? Uh, um, and so let's just, uh, let's, let's all right now, let's go ahead, people here watching uh, at home or in your car, live or later. Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus for all these students going back to school in Boca Raton, Deerfield, Delray, Boynton, Palm Beach County, Broward County, Father, all over the country as they go back. Lord, we pray for grace, grace upon these students in this hour. We pray for safety. We pray for health, Father, and we just pray for the normal grace that they need just going to school, Father, that you would, they would have good teachers who teach well. Father, they would get all the help they need. They would get uh, all the tutoring they might need. Lord, we pray for good friends, Father, good uh, people they can trust in their lives. Kids have enough emotional issues happening without bad friends happening. So, Father, we just pray that you would help them in that and that they would uh, make friends who are just going to help them this year. They're going to be righteous, going to help them become the best version of them that they can be, Lord. Just overshadow them and, and the teachers that they would have a, um, a spirit of wisdom upon them and that a teaching gift would be really activated by your spirit, Father. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hey, if you're in school now, put a little uh, say what's up in the chat and we will pray for you uh, right here in the chat. Got a really big announcement today. You guys ready for a big announcement? Yeah. Is anybody ready for a big announcement? Yeah. yeah. In the back of the room, you guys ready for a big announcement? Here is what's happening. Not this Sunday, obviously, because you're watching it. Not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that, we're going to begin having live Sunday morning service. Who's excited about that? Come on. Now, now, when I announced that, there was probably three reactions. There were people who were like, praise God, I'm ready to see some people in real life. And then there was people who said, are you crazy? We're all going to die if you do that. And then there's some people who are like, I, I, I'm not sure about that. Here's the good news. Um, the system that you're watching the service on right now is how it's going to look on Sunday mornings. So if you're ready to come back to church, here we are. We're going to be here Sunday morning. What day is that, honey? September 12th. 
September 12th. If you're ready, we're going to be here 9 and 11. If you're not ready, no pressure, no judgment. I mean, like, do justice, right? No judgment if you feel the need to continue to socially distance for uh, your health. You can't do it because you just don't like getting up and going to church. That's, that is not a valid reason, right? Just because you want to sleep longer, not a valid reason. Come to church, right? But uh, if you feel like you need to um, still be uh, home, hey, we're going to be able to give you the same service that you're getting right now, and uh, we're pretty excited about that. But I tell you what, Chelsea talked about it a minute ago, and part of this walk is just being around other Christians, and I miss it personally. I miss, like, I just miss being around people. We have our mask and mingle coming up. Yeah, that's actually September, 12th. September 12th is the mask and mingle. September 13th is our first service that we're going to be together. So, mask and mingle. You can remember what inside the church looks like, right? You can come check it out, hang out. And uh, we're, going to, we're going to have some snacks, right? Some drinks. We're going to have water this time, too, I think, because I was. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, can't wait to see you guys. This is like, things are looking better. Cases numbers are down. We're not just jumping into this. The case numbers are down. We've learned a lot about coronavirus in the last five months. We understand if everybody's wearing a mask, we're all pretty safe. There's no absolutes in this world. Um, But everybody's going to be wearing a mask. Um, If you don't feel comfortable wearing a mask, then you can watch us online at home. Right? So uh, that's how we do that. Um, But we need to gather. uh, We need to gather. That's just, it's where we're at right now. And so... Uh, I look forward to seeing you. Now, we are in our message series, like I said, Do Justice. Um, and <clears throat> if I could just be honest with you, uh, this has felt, um, it's, I don't want to say it's brought anxiety, but it's brought internal conflict uh, in me. Uh, and the Word of God is, I never have a conflict about whether or not I should follow the Word of God. Um, and I have a fairly, I feel, a fairly good grasp on the main themes of the Bible. Uh, Justice is not something I just found out about uh, in 2020. I've always believed in justice. Even um, before I got saved, I had an internal uh, um, knowledge and importance of justice. I was incapable of following it to a great degree uh, before I received salvation and uh, infilling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, But this is not a new thing, you know. Uh, Righteousness is not a, a, a new subject that we've just come upon. The gifts of the Spirit are not something new. This is, you know, justice has always been there. My challenge is, uh, if I can just be completely honest with you, the challenge that I have had in this season uh, is is that of grace. Um, To me, it's so, some of these things are so clear-cut in the Bible that it almost angers me that people are denying the Word of God for other gain. And I have found that when it's hard for me to control my anger. I just have to be quiet. And um, it's good to not offend people with your anger, but it's better to get a grip on your anger and speak the, the word of God in love. And so this is what I'm navigating in this city, in this season. <clears throat> You're, you may be like me, uh, wherever you are on this whole spectrum of what's going on right now, um, we're all learning how to show grace to one another, I hope. And we're all learning to, to listen to people who maybe have a different opinion. And I am not, the funny thing is, I'm not even talking about politics at all. 
I'm talking about the Word of God that many people in this day and age are viewing through a political lens. In child of God, that has to stop. <laughs> I mean, it absolutely has to stop. We need to embrace God for who He is. <clears throat> and as I was uh, really praying into this and just confessing to God what I just confessed to you and studying the Scriptures, and it, wow. And again, the Scriptures are very, very clear to me on uh, the arc of justice in the Word of God. And I was lining up all my, my arguments and laying out what I felt to be a, a logical case on who God is and who He wants us to be and how He wants us to behave. The Holy Spirit of God just rolled into my room in such, wow, in such a powerful, wow, intangible way. Just overcame me with His Spirit. And He spoke to me and He said, Don't forget about the Holy Ghost. Don't forget, come on, don't forget about the Holy Ghost. And, and here, here's the challenge that we have in this season. There is injustice all over the world. Amen? There's just injustice all over the world because there's fallen people in the world. And it's easy to start something by the Spirit and then just move into the flesh. The problems with justice in our sphere of influence are not going to be solved through anger, through works of the flesh, through debates. It has to be a work of the Spirit. So, Pastor, are you saying that we just need to pray? Absolutely not. I don't think you just pray about our church being able to pay its bills. It takes people actually giving, right? Uh, we don't just pray that I would understand the Word. I have to actually read the Word, right? And, and so there are definite actions that we have to do in response to what God is speaking. That's why He told us, do justice, not think justice, right? He told us to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before God. Now, as we said last week, God is just, and justice matters to God. If we're going to talk about justice, we have to understand uh, this is not some you know, social gospel. There's only one gospel, and, and you can view it different aspects of it and give it whatever labels you want, but we follow the Word of God. And it's complex, and it's multi-layered, and it's nuanced, and it can seem to be conflicting if you don't view the Word through the lens of Holy Spirit. If we're just having arguments, we're going to miss it. But if we will view the Word by the Spirit, we will receive life. And as we talked about last week, mishpat is the Hebrew word for justice. And it means to give people their rights, to give them their rights, not to think about people having their rights, to actually give them their rights. There's an action in it, and it's more than 200 times in the Old Testament. This isn't some passing phrase. And how we, and you know, the question arises, how do we know that this is God's will? How do we know that this isn't some other agenda? How do we know? Well, we do know that Jesus is the perfect representation of God's will. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Jesus is the perfect. Jesus got nothing wrong in Scripture. There's, he was never confused. He didn't need to be further educated about a subject. He's the perfect representation of God's will. Wow. He's the perfect. Wow. 
perfect representation of God's will, and he's worthy to be followed, even blindly. He's worthy to be followed even when we don't understand. Let's take a look at how Jesus describes himself here in Luke chapter 4. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Suana, can you put up that graphic that I made? Because I think it helps people in a visual generation. You know how we like these little quote graphics and like, Holy Spirit is on me, Jesus says, because God anointed me to give the oppressed freedom. That's what Jesus said here in his first sermon. This isn't something he added in later because he ran out of content. His first sermon, he said, the Spirit's on me. The Holy Ghost is all over me. Literally, that word anointed means to be smeared, like with oil. The oil of the Spirit, wow, is all over me because God has anointed me to give the oppressed freedom. Those are the words of Jesus. Jesus is probably into this because he said he is. And as we navigate the Word, we have to view it through the lens of the Spirit. We have to have a Spirit-filled hermeneutic as we discern the Word of God. Literally, we need to value what God values. We need to value what God values. Over and over again in the Scripture, Mishpat describes taking up the care and cause of widows, of orphans, of immigrants, and the poor. They they call it the the quartet of the vulnerable. The four things over and over and over again that the Father in the Old Testament keeps challenging through His prophets that people would take care of. The widows, orphans, the immigrants, in the poor. Friend, we could get really um, confused when we think that the church is just supposed to look out for Christians. Even when there was a chosen people on the earth, the, the Israel, the nation, the people group, God was challenging them to take care of immigrants. These are people who clearly were not God's people. The widows, the orphans, the immigrants, and the poor. And if this is a better covenant, that list only gets wider on who God wants us to take care of. Now, in a pre-modern society, these were the people who were barely making it. If you think about it in an agricultural society, if you don't have a husband or kids, or maybe you don't have parents and you're an orphan or you're new to town, you're an immigrant, some, somehow you had to flee your homeland, you don't have any security net, you don't have anywhere to live, or just flat out poor. These are the vulnerable people. These, these are people barely making it. And God said over and over again, I'm going to judge you based on how you treat these people. The justness or the mishpat 
of a society was evaluated by how it treats these groups in God's word. Let's take a look at Zechariah chapter 7, verse 9. This is what the prophet said. Thus has the Lord of hosts said, dispense true justice and practice kindness and compassion each to his brother. Watch this. And do not oppress the widow or the orphan, the stranger or the poor, and do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. You'll hear teachings that say that in the Old Testament, they just regulated what we did. In the New Testament, Jesus now said it's what's in your heart. But we see right here in Zechariah, this isn't something new. He said to his people, don't, don't devise stuff in your heart against people. Don't, don't have an evil heart toward people. Not only can you not be mean, you can't even think meanness. Love kindness, right? Love kindness. It's always been in the Word. And we want to be people of the Word and the Spirit. And the Spirit will empower us to do everything God has called us to do. Listen, friend, I don't know what God has called you to. I feel the Holy Ghost of God. I don't know what God has called you to. And you may feel like, like I said at the beginning of this message, that like I feel like I'm being stretched in love in ways that are uncomfortable. Or maybe God has called you to build a business or raise a godly family where you didn't grow up in one or believe Him to come out of financial difficulties or that your children are going to walk in righteousness. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but in every level of God's calling, His grace is there. And we can trust Him to finish what He started in our lives. The story is not over. I don't know. Again, I feel this pull. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't, I don't know if it's people in this room or you watching me, and I think it's probably all of us. The story is not over. If you're still breathing, there's still hope. He's going to complete that work that he began. And so Zechariah was warning them, the prophet. He's warning them. He's like, listen, God has made it very clear what he's expecting. And he says, telling the story going on in verse 11, but they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder and stopped their ears from hearing. They made the hearts like flint so that they could not hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by His Holy Ghost through the former prophets. Therefore, great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. Why did great wrath come from the Lord of hosts? Because how they treated the widows, the orphans, the immigrants, and the poor. Because they devised evil in their hearts. They did not do justice. And friend, I'm thankful that God's wrath will not be provoked against us since His wrath was satisfied. But I don't want to be motivated by whippings. I want to be motivated by love. I want to be drawn to God's heart by His love. I, I don't need God's flame to fall from heaven. I don't need an economic collapse. I don't, I don't need our country to be overthrown for God to speak to me. I want to live a life that displays love for God. I want to be conformed to the image of His Son. And God is really trying to show us how to live. And so He spoke to me, don't forget the Holy Ghost. And He said, I'm moving in your midst. And I believe He's moving in our generation. 
And I believe he wants to include you in what he's doing. Here's my advice to you. If you want to encounter God, get involved in what he's doing. If you want to encounter God, get involved in what he's doing. And I'm telling you, he's into justice. He's into justice. I have a feeling that the blessing of God had rested on this country for many years for two reasons. Number one, that we welcomed the immigrant so open-handedly. And we had sent missionaries all over the world. America sowed missionaries all over the world, and we welcomed in immigrants. Has America been perfect? Oh, no. I haven't been perfect. No one with Jesus has been perfect. And so there's things that need to be reconciled clearly, but God is so merciful, He works with us within our ignorance. Aren't you thankful for that? But once He reveals something, He expects us to deal with it. Justice isn't something that's outside of God. And it's not just an attribute. It's how He has even described Himself. Check this out in Psalm 68. He describes Himself as a father of the fatherless and a judge or an advocate, that Hebrew says, uh, this wanting justice for the widow is God in his holy habitation. A father for the fatherless and someone looking out for widows. This is how he describes himself in his word. And I just, if I could be completely honest with you, I believe that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we've encountered in this house has prepared us for this moment. I believe that we have learned the present reality of Holy Spirit. We have gained faith in His ability to touch bodies. We have gained, wow, faith in His ability to do miracles financially and physically and opportunity and wisdom. And I, we believe that, I mean, I, we believe that God does miracles in this house. It's not a stretch and we've seen so many and I believe sometimes God does this kind of stuff physically to prepare us to do things on a bigger scale. I believe that He has created an atmosphere of faith here for this present moment. What if this coming revival is bigger and different than we ever thought? What if, wow, what if the move of God right now is not just to touch the ones and twos, but societies? What if not only do we display the power of God through healing, through miracles, through prophecy, but through such a love of justice that we see miracles of restoration in people's lives? What if we actually literally by faith see the captives go free from prison? Would that offend you? Someone who's been sentenced to prison and God decides to set them free? Is your heart ready for that? Is my heart ready for that? Because that's literally what Jesus said he came to do. This isn't, wow, this isn't some political Marxist thing. I'm just talking about they wanted to kill Jesus because he was setting people free. So people might dislike you as well. But Jesus told the servant, told the story about the servant who took his master's debts and he forgave people. 
as ways of making friends with the people who owed his master debts to prepare himself for when he'd be unemployed. And Jesus said, this man was wise. Likewise, go and do the same and make friends for yourself with the world. Well, our master is owed a debt by this world. And he has uniquely gifted us to give away his forgiveness. And that is offensive. And that is illogical. And it is God's grace. <laughs> the same thing that saved us. Hallelujah. This isn't just an Old Testament thing. It's not an Old Testament thing. It's a New Testament thing. Again, let's look at it one more time what Jesus said. The Holy Ghost is all over me. That's God's anointing to give the oppressed freedom. I'm going to read a little passage of Scripture here to kind of talk about how seriously Jesus found this. Are you with me? Are you guys with me? Are we tracking together here? All right. Matthew chapter 25. New Testament. Amen? Matthew chapter 25. Jesus tells a story about the return of the Son of Man in His glory. Who's the Son of Man? Jesus. Thank you, crowd. Jesus. They knew the answer. They weren't sure if I wanted them to talk or not. Who's the Son of Man? Jesus. Jesus talks about His return here. Now, if you're going to take anything seriously in the Bible, that's probably something we should look at, right? He says here in Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 31, watch this. Are you ready? This is in the Bible. I didn't put it there. It's been here all along. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He's going to sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He'll separate them one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Now, if you haven't read a lot of Bible, you want to be a sheep, not a goat, right? Verse 33, And He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Do you hear this? You remember reading something about this? I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. The righteous will say, Lord, when? when what? When were you ever thirsty or what are you talking about? When, when were you the stranger? When, did, when were you naked and we clothe you? Verse 39, when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And this is Jesus they're talking to. And he says, then the king. Anybody know who the king of kings is? Jesus. Jesus. Then the king. The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even to the least of them, you did it to me. Literally said that these people that will be separated left and right, the ones on his right are the sheep. They'll enter in because of what they did to these people. Then, say then, then he'll say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones. Not a good word you want to hear. Accursed ones into eternal fire. 
which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. I was hungry. You didn't give me anything to eat. Thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger. You didn't invite me in. Naked, you didn't clothe me. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. Then they'll also answer, Lord, when do we see you hungry, naked, thirsty, and, and didn't take care of you or in prison? Verse 45, then he will answer them, truly I say to you, to the extent you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So you may be thinking, oh, pastor, are you saying, I just read the Bible to you. I just literally read the Word of God. And I take the Word of God seriously, and I take the New Testament literally. When Jesus said, this is what's going to happen, friend, it's what's going to happen. And so I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I am, this is sobering to me. This is sobering to me because those words, I think they're kind of hard to mess up. If you see the least of these hungry and you don't feed them, you've just not fed Jesus. That's scary to me. Jesus is serious about justice. At the same point, a warning to those who fully agree with this. Bitterness and anger are not a fruit of the Spirit. And people who don't embrace justice, we can't treat them the way we're angry, they're treating others. Or we've just put ourselves with them. Radical justice will require radical forgiveness. It's going to require being offended over and over and over again and not taking up the offense. That's what God's doing in my heart, I can tell you that much. Um, John talked about Jesus and he said, for in his fullness we have received in grace upon grace. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. And friend, this is what we as a church want to be known as, grace and truth. Like, do you believe in a social gospel, pastor? I don't know. I don't see social gospel in the Bible. I don't know what you're talking about. What I do know is God told us to take care of some people and make sure they're treated justly. And he's serious about it. Is that how we get saved? There's no way to the Father but through the Son, Jesus Christ. I believe that. I also see Jesus pretty clear in this scripture what he's expecting of us. And I don't plan on being, on, I don't plan on being a goat, personally. I plan on being a sheep. And so as a church, as, as we kind of wrap up today, as a church, I want you to look for opportunities to do justice. How do I do justice, Pastor? What does that look like? That doesn't mean you have to go to, uh, you know, Nigeria and free children from, you know, the kidnapping. If you can do that, awesome. But I have found when we think of justice and what we can do, we think of people that we think were above, not realizing the people that we could be serving right now. Let me say that again. It's easy to think I can go start an orphanage in South America or I can tutor disadvantaged kids, 
But justice really starts at home. It just starts at home. <laughs> Gentlemen, do your kids feel powerful around you? Or do they feel fearful? Do you allow men and women, do you allow other people to be powerful around you? I'm not saying about you being submissive. I'm saying not having to keep everybody else in line. Do you allow people to disagree with you? Do you make sure the people in your family that their opinions matter when you make big decisions? This is justice. This is regular old, how do we put boots on the ground and have justice in our lives? Do you treat everybody at your work site equally? Do you curse people in your heart? Like, this is, this is what justice looks like. This is biblical justice. Now, if you're able to start an orphanage in a, you know, a developing nation, man, come on, let me know how I can help. But it can't start there. It, you, you know, what do you, how do you treat the lost? Did you look at them as people that God wants to bring up to his kingdom? And you stop for the ones who don't know Jesus? Give them healing. Give them a prophetic word of encouragement. Share with them the plan of salvation. The help feeds them the empty stomachs. The, you know, justice is exhibited a million ways. And many of us aren't sure how to do it because we've never done it on purpose. And in the season, I hope I'm provoking you a little bit. For those of us who haven't thought about it, who've just been trying to be in survival in this season, this is how we flourish. We remember our humanity. We remember the grace that the Lord has put upon us. He has anointed us. He has smeared us with His Spirit to set the oppressed free. His anointing is still here to do it. And if in your life, maybe, maybe your family members need a little more grace from you, do justice. Maybe you have not honored your word, do justice. Maybe you've run out of patience too many times with your children. Do justice. Ask them to forgive and move forward. We're going to say this prayer of Francis of Assisi. I hope you guys like it because we're going to do it every week of this series. And my wife is going to bring me the Lord's table that we're going to share together. Thank you, beautiful wife of mine. I get no reply to that. That's okay. That's all right. No, you're welcome, or I love you, or anything. That's all right. I won't bring that out. I won't say it out loud, because that would not be doing justice. I'll just let it slide. Let's all say it together. In the room, at home, if you can't read this, it's on the back screen even more clear. Are you guys ready? Yeah? Have you been talking about this in your life group? If not... Just repent and do justice. Ready? We're all going to say this together. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring love. Where there is offense, let me bring pardon. Where there is discord, let me bring union. Where there is error, let me bring truth. Where there is doubt, let me bring faith. Where there is despair, let me bring hope. Where there is darkness, let me bring your light. Where there is sadness, let me bring joy. O Master, let me not seek as much to be consoled as to console. 
to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that one receives. It's in self-forgetting that one finds. It's in pardoning that one is pardoned. It's in dying that one is raised to eternal life. Friend, if you don't understand what that dying is, I want to invite you today to make a choice. The Bible says, unless we lay down our life, we'll never really get it. And if we try to hold on to our life, we're going to lose it. We have to give our life to Jesus. We have to let Him be the Lord, let Him be the Savior. And if you've recognized in your life, I just feel such a wave of the Spirit of God right now in this room. I am. You know, I just, um, I want to challenge some of you to dream. Some of you have had Holy Ghost dreams of what God has called you to do, not recognizing it was a call to justice. Some of you were called to employ disadvantaged people, start great businesses that would help your community, to go rescue people, to help the hurting. These are all acts of justice. Compassion, yeah, love, of course, self-sacrifice. I mean, all the things that Jesus exemplified, but this is justice. And I'm so proud to know so many of you who have this on your heart. But I want you to dream and purposefully be involved with what God is doing in this season. I just I believe the Spirit of God is going to just blow some things up in a, in a good way. Not, you know, fertilizer in a, in, a, in a storage next to a port kind of way, but in a, in a God kind of way where He just, pardon the pun, ignites it. I feel the Holy Ghost on that. Start writing, some of you. Start dreaming. Put your hand to the plow. You feeling that, honey? I'm feeling that. You feeling that, Ramples? I am. Corey, are you getting that? Amen. I'm feeling this. So, hey, let's, wow, let's receive the table of the Lord together. Shabbat, kateba. Hmm. All right. Next week, we're going to talk about restorative justice, Lord willing. And we're going to begin to put some feet on this, right, in our own lives. Receive the body of the Lord. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you died on the cross and that you were broken, that we could be healed. You allowed yourself to be broken. And likewise, we allow you to break us. We lay down every idol in our lives and we surrender it for you. In your plan, we lay down our rights that we may have what you died for. Receive the body of the Lord. Wow. And on the same night, he took the cup. So this is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. And we just thank you, Jesus, for the, wow, the new wine. Mm. Wow. I pray even now, wow, that this new wine will bring a new joy into your life. Wow. I just, those, some folks have really been struggling. I just have this word, this vision, this kind of picture, prophetic picture. People have been dealing with depression. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I just, this new wine, this new wine, wow. Healing, in restoring your soul, receive the cup of the new covenant. Hallelujah.
Hey, friend, we love you. If you need prayer, go ahead and text RLC HELP to 97000. Say what's up in the chat. I can't wait to do church with you. And I love you. Let's go be the hands and feet of Jesus all throughout South Florida. God bless you. Have an amazing week. I'll see you in life group. Everybody give a hand clap to the Lord if you will, please. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. I sure hope I recorded that sound. I did. Praise God. It's only happened one. I appreciate that.